Many of you know Pastor John Abel, our first missionary in the AFLC to Brazil. He walks with a cane, so sometimes when you see him coming, he'll say, here comes Cain and Abel. Well, we look at the story of Cain and Abel this morning from Genesis chapter 4, and we read verses 1 through 16. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. But you must master it. Cain told his brother Abel, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me from this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden. And I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain, so that no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you today that we can open the pages of your word. And Father, we see in the first family such heartache as one of Adam's and Eve's son killed his brother. We see the effects of sin spreading from this family even to all of mankind and thank you Lord that you have come to forgive us to cleanse us to offer salvation to us and we praise you that through Jesus through the blood that he shed for us on the cross there indeed is forgiveness Lord teach us as we look into your word this morning help us not to go the way of Cain for we pray in your name Amen. Ever noticed how two boys in the same family can be very different? 
several years ago, we lived next to a family that had two boys. And I'll tell you what, they were very different. Uh, one was the athlete and the other was the actor in drama. One loved the outdoors. The other one you hardly saw outdoors. One looked like his dad and one looked like his mother. And it was really quite a, a, a sharp contrast. Two boys, same family, but very, very different. In the very first family, the family of Adam and Eve, there were two boys and they were also very different, especially when it came to spiritual things. Concerning Abel, the New Testament makes it very clear that he was a man of faith. Uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews is the, what we sometimes call the hall of faith. And we find in verse 4 then this word about Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. And then you look at what the New Testament says about the life of Cain, and it is very much the opposite. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, John writes these words, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. And so isn't that interesting? Within the first family, you have a man of faith and you have one who is of the evil one, one who is of Satan himself. And what we see here then is a fulfillment of what was said in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, that there would be enmity between the seed of the serpent and between the seed of the woman. Right in the first family, you have that battle between Abel, who was a believer, and Cain, who was not. And Cain hated his brother Abel so much that he killed him. The way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? Notice, first of all, Cain was religious, but he was not redeemed. And when you think of the description of Cain by John as one who was of the evil one, you would think that he was someone that was just totally irreligious. And yet that is not the case, because if you look at our text, there's many ways that, that Cain and Abel were different, but there's one way that they were similar. They both brought offerings to God. Verse 3 says, So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions. And so Cain was a religious man, wasn't he? He brought an offering to God. And he's like many people in our world today. They are religious. They, they go to church and they give their offering and they serve in various ways. They are religious, but they aren't redeemed because many of them don't really know Jesus. 
And I wonder how many people are sitting in our churches today across this country who, who think that by, by coming to church and, and giving their offering that things are right with them between them and God, but they really don't know Jesus. Religious, but not redeemed. Much has been written about the offering that Cain brought to God and the reason why it wasn't accepted. Some believe it wasn't accepted because it wasn't his best. Our text tells us that Abel gave the firstlings of the flock and of their fat portions, but Cain simply gave the fruit of the ground. And this may be why Hebrews 11.4 says that Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Others believe that the kind of offering that Cain brought really wasn't the issue. When the sacrificial system was established under Moses, the fruit of the ground was an acceptable offering. So whether you gave the fruit of the ground or the firstling of the flock, it didn't matter as long as your heart was right. Some view it that way. And certainly the heart is the issue of this matter, but there's, I think there's something else here. Was there not a right way to approach God? Because when Cain's offering was not accepted... The Lord said to him, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen if you do well? Or as some translations put it, If you do what is right, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not well or if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. So if God says to Cain, If you will do what is right, there must have been a right way to approach him. Abel came with an animal. He came with a blood sacrifice. And so very early in God's revelation to us, what are we seeing? We are seeing the shedding of blood. We saw it with the animal skins that covered Adam and Eve. Blood was shed. Abel brought an animal sacrifice to God. Blood was shed. What we are seeing here is the foundation of the sacrifice of Jesus being established very early in Scripture. We don't come to Him any way we want to come. We come through the blood, don't we? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so God says to Cain, if you'll do well, if you do what is right, you'll be accepted. But if not, if not, sin is crouching at the door. Cain was going to come his own way. He was religious, but he was not redeemed. The second thing we notice about the way of Cain, Cain was confronted, but he was not converted. He was confronted, but he was not converted. God was very merciful to Cain. When his offering was not accepted, he saw that Cain was very angry. And so God came to him with a very clear warning. Very clear warning. Where he was headed and what he needed to do. God said to him, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. And if you do not, God said this, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. Well, that's an interesting expression, isn't it? Sin is crouching at the door. 
almost a picture of of an animal waiting to attack. Ever watch those uh, National Geographic programs where you see these beautiful gazelles and deer just running along and there, what do you see? That lion, oh, that mean lion, that mean tiger that is just crouching, waiting to attack. And if you're like me, what are you saying? Run, 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 go, 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 go. Oh, I got caught. That's the picture of sin crouching at the door. Or if you watch a cat in the backyard, huh? Trying to get a bird. Just crouching down, ready to catch that bird unaware. Sin is deceptive. And God warned Cain, sin is crouching at the door and you must master it. Sin is destructive. Sin brings pain and suffering and death. But God's warning was not heeded. In verse 8, we're told that Cain told Abel, his brother, must have said something about what God had said to him about sin crouching at the door, and it made no difference in Cain's life because... Verse 8 goes on to say, And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And as I was reading that this morning again, it just struck me. I'd never seen that before. He rose up. Almost like Cain was crouching at the door. Cain was lying in wait for his brother to come, and he rises up and he... And he kills him. The way that John describes what Cain did in 1 John chapter 3, verse 12, may give us a hint as to how he killed Abel. Now John says that Cain slew his brother. And the word slew is a vivid term that means to butcher or slaughter. It was used of animals killed in sacrifice, and it implies a violent death. Now, Cain was so angry with God because his sacrifice was not accepted, and his brother Abel's was, that he took out his anger on his brother. And so Cain was confronted by God, but he wasn't converted because he wouldn't humble himself before God. He wasn't going to come God's way. He was going to come his own way. Confronted, but not converted. Notice thirdly, Cain was cursed, but he was not contrite, unrepentant. If I had been the Lord, I think I would have had enough of Cain by now. I think I would have judged him on the spot. But God was very merciful to Cain. And God gave him many opportunities to repent. Notice all the questions that God asked Cain, which should have been questions that led him to repentance. Verse 9, the Lord says, where, where is your, your brother? Where is Abel, your brother? And if Cain had been honest, he would have confessed that he had killed him. But from his hardened heart, he gave kind of a, a flippant answer to God. <laughs> I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
Am I supposed to know everything he does? Supposed to be watching over him all the time? Is that what I'm supposed to do, huh? Kind of a flippant, hard-hearted response to God. Verse 10, God gave him another opportunity. He asked him, what have you done? What have you done, Cain? Perhaps Cain thought that if he buried his brother in the ground, no one would know about it. But God said, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So God knew where Abel was. God knew what Cain had done. And he wanted Cain to confess what he had done, but he refused. And so God brought a curse on Cain. Verse 11, now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And this curse, I believe, was also intended to bring Cain to repentance. But instead of being sorry for his sin, what do we see in Cain's heart? He's sorry he gets caught. He didn't like the consequences. Look at how he's filled with self-pity. Verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you've driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Oh, poor me, huh? Poor Cain. Self-pity. No sorrow over his sin, but sorrow for the consequences. Ever met people like that? You kind of wonder, is this... Repentance here is this sorrow over sin, and you find out there's no sorrow over sin. They're just sorry they got caught. Sorry for the consequences of their sin. And God continued to show mercy. Verse 15, so the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. God allowed him to live. More opportunities to to come to the place of, of acknowledging his sin. And yet notice Cain's response. Pretty much summarizes his life in verse 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That statement says it all, doesn't it? God was calling him. God was confronting him. God was giving him opportunity to confess his sin and to turn to to God. And yet he walks away. He goes out. From the presence of the Lord. One commentator summarizes this chapter in this way. He said, There is astounding grace right here in one of the darkest scenes in Genesis. Observe that the Lord did not abandon guilty Cain. When Cain arrogantly brought his sparse offering to God and God saw his evil anger, God did not turn away from him. That is grace. God, in fact, engaged Cain in a fatherly manner with probing remedial questions. God did not leave him exposed to Satan without recourse. Such grace 
God then exhorted Cain to withstand temptation. Again, grace. After the murder, the Lord listened to Cain's unrepentant, self-pitying plea. Finally, God placed a sign upon Cain that protected him for the remainder of his natural life. Amazing grace. Did Cain ever repent? Did he ever turn to God? From what we read in Scripture, we'd probably have to say no. The New Testament uniformly speaks of Cain with negative phrases like the one in Jude 11 describing the way of Cain. 1 John 3.12, Cain was of the evil one and murdered his brother. But he could have repented. He could have been forgiven. God's grace was enough for him too, wasn't it? But he turned his back on God and he went his own way. E. Schuler English tells about being approached by a man in the lobby of a hotel. And after exchanging greetings, the man said, By the way, the reason I made myself known to you is because my brother frequently mentioned your name. He was a minister and he had some of your books in his library. And assuming that this man was, was a believer... He said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that and to meet another fellow believer. And he reached out his hand. Well, at that moment, this man's wife joined him and he was introduced, Ingus was introduced to her. And then he finally said, you know, my brother, he was the one that had all of our family's religion. And he used to keep after me to turn to Christ. Over and over. That's all he wanted me to do was, was to turn to Christ. And then as he walked away, he said, who knows? Maybe someday I will. And Ishuler English said to him, it's getting pretty late. And he reminded him that today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And all that the man says, oh, you're just like my brother. Yeah, you're just like my brother. And so he grabbed his wife's arm and with a smile he walked away and said, we'll be seeing you. And Ishular Ingris said that nine days later his name was in the obituaries of the newspaper. Flippantly walking away from salvation. And I'll tell you, there are people like that today, aren't there? Confronted like Cain was, warned of judgment. Maybe someday, some might say, I don't need that. I'm fine just the way I am. Face to face with their need for a Savior and just walking away. Sounds like Cain, doesn't it? He had a brother who was a believer. He knew what he needed to do to get right with God. 
He was religious, but he wasn't redeemed. He was confronted by God, but he was not converted. He was cursed by God to bring him to repentance, but he was not contrite. And he walked away from the opportunity to be forgiven. Today, you stand face to face with Jesus here. Are you going to walk away from him? Are you going to say like this man some other time? Maybe someday? You may walk into a Christless eternity very quickly. Life is uncertain. Life can be here one minute and gone the next. Don't play games with your soul. Don't play games with eternity. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Let's pray. Father, you had great mercy upon Cain. Confronting him with his sin, giving him opportunity after opportunity to make sure of his salvation. And Lord, there are maybe people here today who have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be saved. But like Cain, they have walked away from you. Oh God, would you call them to yourself today? Would you remind them of the brevity of life? Would you show them that Jesus is the only way? Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And would you give them the faith to believe that you are who you say you are, that you took our sins all the way to the cross. You died in our place as our substitute. You rose again victoriously, triumphantly. You are living today. And you are still calling men and women, boys and girls, to put their trust in you. May none of us go the way of Cain, but rather like Abel to come in faith through the sacrifice of Jesus and stand in his righteousness today. Thank you for that gift. Oh God, may we receive that gift with joy today. And leave this place redeemed, forgiven, and rejoicing. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.